Hey, this is Pastor John Ryan Cantu from Numa Church in Houston, Texas. Thank you for listening to the message today. I hope that it blesses you and all those that you share it with. God bless you. God has been working this past week and a half, and I've been in constant spiritual battle for things that are going on in this world and for personal issues. And I said, Lord, how am I going to talk about this? And I trembled at the fact that I may give my opinion here and how I may feel. And I said, Lord, let it be directly from your heart. And I want you to open your word today in Ephesians 2.10. Hallelujah. He is good. And I want to say happy birthday to Pastor Brandon, the brother I never had. God bless you. God bless your heart. Thank you, Jesus. And the word of God says like this, for we are his workmanship. Amen, amen. If my Spanish comes out, just say amen. Created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. There's a quote by Pastor Vadi Bakum that says, a new hermeneutic has been born where sin is considered an institution rather than in the heart of man. So like I told you guys, this issue, this problem that has been going on, has weighed heavy in my heart how difficult it is to see people hurting, people in pain. How difficult has it been to see children in pain? And this troubled my spirit so much so that I I started fasting and I started praying and I was like, Lord, we need you. We need you so, so much in this time. Uh, something that has brought division within brothers and sisters, uh, division in the church, division in families, di- division in parents and children and coworkers. I mean, you open up your, your social media and you're right away able to see the division. And I said, Lord, I know this is an injustice. This was not right. But I had to take a step back and analyze what it is that's going on. Now, the root of it is wrong. The root of it, we are against, and we pray for those. But if we take a step back and we see this with our spiritual eyes and we see what's going on, things like this are stealing our peace the peace in our home, the peace in our city, the peace in our country. A time that has brought hate and anger resulting in deaths. And through all of this and in the light of all this chaos, God continues to speak. If we truly seek the heart of God today, we must know that we need to ask for forgiveness in order for there to be healing in order for there to be reconciliation. As children of God and intercessors through discernment, an alarm in us should have gone off as soon as this started. Now, what kind of alarm? 
an alarm of hatred, an alarm to come against whoever comes against us. No, but a spiritual siren should have broken our spiritual deafness in our inmost being, not to fight, not to become defensive, not to bash the opposing, not to scream our opinion to the world. We must analyze. We must analyze what has been overtaking our nation. Fear. This virus has brought fear into our nation. We're worried about economic stability. We're worried about further destruction and violence. And what does 2 Timothy 1.7 say? For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and a sound mind. Now, power. How do we receive power? And I'm just dissecting this real quick. I hope I don't take three hours. Just kidding, Pastor Ryan. But power through prayer, through discernment. Power doesn't just land on you. It doesn't just happen. There must be prayer involved. There must be discernment. And if we don't have it, we ask. Okay? And of love. Of love and action. Acting on that love. To embrace those that have been hurt. And a sound mind. To act, to reason peacefully because the first two have already been achieved. The power and the love. So now we can act with a sound mind. First John 4.18 says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love cast out all fear. Okay, so let's go back to what's going on with our nation. Steal, stealing of our peace, killing, hate, and anger resulting in death, destruction, relationships, families, and friends. Those are the characteristics of what? The thief. John 10, 10. The thief does not come to ex- accept to steal, kill, and destroy. And what does the Lord say? I have come that they may have life and they may have it more abundantly. The total opposite. But did we see that? Did we realize that? Did we take two steps back before we gave our opinion and said, this is not okay. The enemy is in the midst of what's going on. And I went on to ask the Lord, what is it that's in your heart, Daddy? What do you think of us? Who are we in you? And he said, go to my word. My word is sufficient. It carries enough weight. So he took me to Ephesians 2, 10, and that's what I just read. And I'm going to read through 22 in sections, and we're going to dissect this. So this is the reconciliation between Jews and Gentiles. Who are the Gentiles? Us. So there's a reconciliation here through the cross by the blood of Jesus. So before we can actually understand the cross and the blood that bring reconciliation In this text, we must understand the magnitude of the division, guys. The division between the Jews 
and the Gentiles. Here on earth, we are one race. We are all his children. We are all loved by the Father. And we have the same beginning parents. So there is no difference between us, but slightly arbitrary uh, differences and features. That's it. We're the same. If we begin to study these differences between the Jew and the Gentiles, we are to see that the Jews were the people of promise. I'd be a little jealous. The people of promise, they were blessed. They were called the circumcised, the holy. So Paul is here writing and highlighting the differences. So let's read Ephesians 2:11. Hallelujah. And it says, "Therefore remember that you once Gentiles in the flesh who are called uncircumcised uncircumcised or uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision made in the flesh by hands, that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. We were without God. We were without hope. We were part of that race. And like I said, I'd be a little jealous and I would say, well, Paul, there's no need to bring back the past. You know, yes, we had no God and we had no hope. And let's read verse 13. But now, let's stay right there. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. We were far. We were far. We weren't near God. We were in the outskirts. We were the ones that were cast away. But now, through the blood of Jesus Christ he has brought us near so a divide that God established himself because it says it in the word a divide that he established himself the differences or yeah the differences were God ordained if you want to call it that they were real we were godless and hopeless he made that divide Now, what could be worse than that? Being hopeless and godless. But now. So if he can reconcile a Jew and a Gentile, he can certainly bring racial reconciliation today. He created one people, one race with absolutely no genetic differences. So if we go back and we study the word, we're able to see that there was a system set up, right, in order to go worship God. And what was it? The priests, they were able to go into the holies of holies, only the priests. And after that, it was the Jew congregants. And after that, it was us, the women. 
And then after that, it was the Gentiles. They were in the outskirts. But now, but now through the blood of Jesus, we who were out in the outskirts of his presence and out of the holies of holies have been brought near by the blood of Jesus. So the blood is absolutely sufficient for reconciliation. Let's go on and read on verse verse 14. For he himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation. So he not only brings peace, he is our peace. We have become one in him. That is what you call reconciliation. So that makes us all brothers and sisters, even more so sometimes at our own blood. I don't know if you guys have had that, this experience, but sometimes the people here that have been washed by the blood of the lamb are closer to you than those that are your blood. This was meant to happen. Because of the blood, we are united. Let's go on. Verse 15 and 16. Having abolished in his flesh the enmity, that is, the law commandments contain in ordinances, so as to create in himself one new man from two, thus making peace, and that he might reconcile them both to God in one body through the cross, thereby putting to death enmity. I mean, I could say so much, but it's all right there. He has brought us together as one Jew and Gentile, and that is the reason that we're able to come here today. Because he loved us so. Now, this church has been prophesied over that we will be receiving people from different nationalities, from from everywhere, and we must understand that we may have hurdles. I mean, if we look at our, our Spanish and our English service, they're completely different. There's differences. Nothing wrong with either of them. They're just different. So we may have to overcome some hurdles in the beginning. <clears throat> Excuse me. But the Bible is sufficient to bring us back into unity. So unity has been achieved through the blood of Christ and the spirit uniting us teaches us to learn to comprehend, to love and appreciate each other. So the spirit of God brings unity in order for us to comprehend and to love one another. Now, it doesn't say that we're going to be okay with absolutely everything or agree with absolutely everything. But we must remember that the spirit that is in us calls us to unite because we are one in Christ. 
Let's go down to verse 17. And it says, and he came and preached peace to you who were afar off and to those who were near. Now, what is he talking about here? The Jews are the covenant holders, the people of God, the favored. But he says he came and he came, capitalized H, he came and preached peace to you, you and I, the Gentiles who were far off and to those who were near. So that means that he preached to those that were part of the covenant that were the unquote or quote unquote perfect or the people of God. So he preached to both to bring them near. So the Jews needed the blood. They needed salvation. God did not need to get the Gentiles up to speed to the Jews. He said both need the blood. They both needed the blood to be reconciled with Christ in order to be reconciled with each other. Verse 18 says, For through him we both have access by one spirit to the Father. Now therefore you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. Cornerstone. He holds it together. He is our cornerstone in whom the whole building being fitted together, being fitted together, grows into a holy temple in the Lord. I'm sorry, guys, if I sound like a teacher, I tend to do that with my kids so it could stick. And I do it to myself so it could stick. In whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the spirit. So what else do I have to say about this? When it's all right here. When it's all within the word of God, he is our cornerstone. He unites us. We are united by the blood of the lamb. We are one. We are his children. This has already been achieved. Do we understand that? Reconciliation has already been achieved. But are we walking in it? But are we realizing if we are hurting someone with our words or expressions? Because, yes, this can turn political right away. But the heart of God, where does that stand? We must come to a place of repentance We must realize that our hearts are evil and we need God more than ever. I don't know if you guys have ever gone through that. This past week, God messed me up. 
And he broke my heart. And he made me feel unworthy because sometimes we need to be reminded. He's like, sit down, girlfriend, let me teach you. That's what daddy does. But we have to be in the Lord. Be constantly or have our ear open to what he has to say and to discern these times. So we must come, number one, to a place of repentance. And we must realize that our hearts need God more than ever. We have evil and perverse hearts. Mark 7, 21 says, For from within, out of the heart of man, come evil thoughts, sexual immoralities, thefts, and murders out of the heart of a man, out of the heart of you and I. Thoughts come and actions follow. And we all know this one, Romans 6, 23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus our Lord So the only remedy for sin is repentance. And I'm throwing Bible at you guys today. 1 John 1, 9 and 10 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Now, if we claim that we do not have sin, we make him out to be a liar. And his word is not in us. Because sometimes when we come to church and we have Jesus in our heart, and even sometimes we have a relationship with Christ, so I have no sin. There's nothing you can pin on me. I'm good. And that is the day that we make him to be a liar. We must always check ourselves that we have a heart that not only loves, but that is able to accept someone to do this. If we seek the Lord, the first place, I don't know if this has happened to you, the Holy Spirit will take you is to repentance. When we were given the opportunity to serve as pastors of the Spanish congregation, the first place that God took me to, me aventó, he threw me on my knees, and I felt a weight on my shoulders, not because, yeah, it is a ton of work, and I'm not even near Pastor Ryan and Pastor Cantu, But that wasn't the heaviness. The heaviness was repentance. The heaviness was, man, now I have people under me that that are going to look up and, and, and check on me. And I have to make sure I'm good because if I'm not good, the whole congregation is not making it to heaven. That's a weight. 
and a way to check myself that I'm not walking in sin and that I didn't look at someone the wrong way or that I didn't say the wrong word to somebody, constantly checking myself and being able to come in and ask for forgiveness, even if I didn't do anything wrong. We have to maintain a heart of repentance constantly. We must return to God. Malachi 3, 7 says, return to me and I will return to you. But he will not return to us if we first do not realize how far away we have strayed from the heart of the Father. And we must run and dive in. And we can go back to the previous verse, if we claim that we have not sinned. So what does that tell us? That means that we have to run daily to the Father, asking for forgiveness for our sins and return to him on a daily basis. You think that because someone stands up here every Sunday or if someone that gives class They don't have to do that on a daily basis. They have to check their heart because they are human. We have to realize how far we have strayed. We must enter into holiness. Now, this is not holiness. To continue to practice sin and simultaneously experience, experience spiritual renewal. Again, we have to check ourselves. And guys, I don't know why the Lord always gives me word to get after people. I promise you that I ask for a word that can give me shouts of praise and he doesn't and, and trust me people have told me man eres regañona but I promise you that it's go talk to him go talk to him so he brings us we should be living in holiness more than our worship more than our service to God he desires holiness for us to live a righteous life are we ever gonna reach that no it is a struggle but our aim should always be holiness this will only come after God restores us and he brings us into holiness and we're able to freely pray and worship And serve him in the manner that he deserves. Now. I'm almost done. Amen. To end all of this. I want you guys to realize. That although these... These are very, very tough times and trying times, even for the, for the church, even for our pastors. Did y'all know that these are symptoms of revival? God has a funny way of 
ordering things, okay? Out of order. We may think that, oh man, the church, we're not even in church yet. God ha- has a strategic plan in place, regardless of what's going on. So the times that we are experiencing are the perfect conditions for revival. I believe that we shall see an outpouring of his spirit in our day. If we go back and we look at history and the previous revivals that have happened, they weren't easy. If you think you're going to come into this place and lift your hands and shout and worship and that's what's going to bring revival, no. What's going to bring revival is fasting, is prayer, is our knees peeling, guys. Now that I'm saying that, my husband laughed at me because I've been working with plants lately. I've only killed six, but I have about, I don't even even know how many. But I bought this little mat that you're supposed to kneel on it um, in order to repot stuff. Pastor Lamaris knows what I'm talking about. But, so I bought it for that, right? But Lord have mercy. I don't know if you guys have wooden floors or not. When you kneel on those wooden floors, ouch. I'm 35, but I don't feel like I'm 35, especially when I'm on my knees praying. So guess what I use now? And he's like, what is this for? I'm like, that is my praying pad. You leave me alone. If y'all need a praying pad, there's some at the 99 cent store. Amen. Multi-purpose. But... That is what's going to bring revival, guys. That, that is the essence of revival. Like I said earlier, an alarm should have gone off in our spirit to right away get on our knees and pray. Pray. Pray for the hurt. Pray for our nation. Pray for everyone involved. And seek revival. Because I'm sorry to burst your bubble, but it's not going to get any better. I was talking to my kids about that. I said, guys, you know the Lord's coming soon, right? And here comes Melon, my 13-year-old, soon to be 14. She says, Ma, I have a deal with God. I said, okay. She said, He's not coming until I'm an adult. Right, Melon? So she's like, we still have a little bit of time. (laughs) Didn't we all think that way when we were young? But we know that through all of this that's going on, stuff that is completely out of our control, that all we can do is run to the Father, that means that he is coming soon. So what should this do to us? Other than us share with our kids and say, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. Other than that, we should be, don't do this literally. We should be going up to our rooftops 
and yelling at the top of our lungs that we serve the one true risen God. That is what we should be doing in this day. Yell it from the rooftops. Let the world know who you serve. We're dealing with people that have been hurt in many ways. On both ends of the spectrum. And we have the solution in our hands. You feel pain. You feel hurt. Let me introduce you to my daddy. We must turn our eyes from everything that's going on and run to the Father and say, Lord, it's a mess that I cannot fix because only he can go into the heart and make changes. We must draw near to him today. We must repent. We must return to God. We must live in holiness, loving our brothers and sisters in the Lord. And when all of this comes together in the body of Christ, we shall see revival. That out of our mouths may not come words of hate, Words to ridicule, yes, even our greater authorities. Because the word of God says in 1 Timothy 2.2, pray, do not ridicule, but pray for those in authority that we may, dude, right there, we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. Pray. The people of God have been called to pray. We need to bend knee, guys. Now more than ever. More than ever before. Recognize what the enemy is trying to do against the people of God. Against this world. And come up and fight. And it will not be easy. It will not be easy. There will be personal attacks. But hey, you signed up for this. I had a text message this morning from Paola. Girl texting me at four o'clock in the morning. But it's what I needed to hear. She said, put on the armor of God. Because you guys do not understand how heavy I felt, no pun intended. But I felt a weight on my shoulders to release this word. And why? When, when, when that happens, you know that there is something that is trying or coming against what God has already established in his word. Where reconciliation has already been done. It happened. 
We must live in it. We must work in it. We must check ourselves on a daily basis. It's difficult. But he has made us for such a time as this to raise our voices unto the heavens and ask him for mercy and ask him for a move of his spirit like never before. Will you join me today? Will you join me asking God for a revival? And if you're not ready to fight, don't ask. Because as soon as you ask, the enemy will attack. Stand to your feet. And as we did earlier, or when I started, let's lift up a prayer before we start with this song. Father, here we are. Father, we know that we are human and we have hearts, Lord God, that are are far away from you. Hearts that we have to constantly check on because our thoughts and evil actions come from there. Father, have a mercy on your children today. Father, free us, Lord God, from our hatred. Free us, Lord God, from anything that does not come from you today. We break, Lord God, any thought that does not agree with your word. Here we are. Here we are a people in need, Father, of you, of your presence. Father, show us, Lord God. If we do not know how to love, show us, Lord God. Remind us of the cross, Lord God, where we were lost. We were once lost, yet you had mercy. We had no hope. We had no God. Oh, but the blood... Oh, but the blood of your son, Jesus. Free us today, Father God. And I ask that you embrace, Father God, the people that are hurting, Father God, because of this situation, Lord God. Father God, I ask, Lord God, that you may send one of us, Lord to be able to bless them and minister to them, Lord God, to show them of a God who loves. Show them a God who cares and soften our hearts to see that hurt and that pain, Lord God. Bring protection, Lord God, over this nation. Bring wisdom to leaders, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, that we may all turn our hearts to you today. In the name of Jesus, because your name is powerful, Lord God. Your name, Lord God, can break the yoke, 
Your name, Lord Jesus, has power. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thanks for listening. If you'd like some more information on Numa Church, visit us on our website at mynumachurch.org. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe or share it with your friends on social media and tag us at mynumachurch. Thanks again and God bless.